Good evening, everyone. Hello. My name is Jameer. I'm your host uh, for the Heavenly Heavenly Places uh, radio broadcast podcast. And this evening, um, well, of course, we're also here with Dorothy Carruthers. But we have a, uh, a very, very, very special guest, um, a, a man of God um, here with us. But before I introduce him, I'd like to uh, open up with a prayer. Um, Father, we, we thank you for your goodness, grace, mercy, and salvation, Father. Um, just help us um, to say what you wanted us to say on this podcast. Guide us and direct us, Father, and I, I thank you for blessing us, Father, um, with with the speaker and the uh, technology. And we ask these things in, uh, in Jesus' name. All right. Um, so thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in, whether you're listening now or whether you are listening later, um, today we have with us Brother Minister Roy with Holy Fire uh, Ministries. Holy Fire Ministries. Um, I've, I've been on him. It seems like over a couple of years now. He led he led a men's group that we that we were in, but also he's involved in several ministries and outreaches throughout the city, and. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to him because the Holy Spirit has given him something to uh, share with us this uh, this evening, and we'll kind of just uh, ask him questions along the way as we uh, progress. Um, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Jimmy. Okay, all right. Okay, great, great, great. Um, so I'm I'm turning the, the main mic over to you. <laughs> Okay, brother. Well, greetings and uh, grace and mercy uh, be yours in abundance through Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, thankful to share the Word of God with you tonight and just uh, pray the fellowship of the Holy Spirit uh, that the Father's heart would be, that you'd be drawn to the Father's heart and, and we would want more of the life of wisdom and grace and spirit in Jesus Christ. Um, in Second Peter, the last uh, verse, he says that we would uh, grow in the grace and the knowledge of him, of Jesus Christ, and he encourages us uh, to give him glory both now and forever. Amen. So I want you to know that to God be the glory, <clears throat> that it's by grace that we all stand. Um, also in Peter, we uh, find him in First Peter. Uh, let's see, it's uh, about a verse 24. For all men are like grass, all the glory is like the flower flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Uh, so we understand that our um, <laughs> life and our glory fades very quickly, but we have the word of God to stand on. I have a background uh, in the auto body industry, um, owned and operated a shop for some 40 years. Uh, often uh, when somebody came in, they were a little stressed out. They had, had wrecked their car or had been in an accident and or somebody had damaged their car. 
and some uh, vehicles were damaged bad enough they had to be towed in. But every time a vehicle would come in, there would be an inspection that was needed to analyze and um, understand what had happened and what was needed to repair the process. So for us as believers, we uh, find ourselves uh, in need of uh, understanding and a process to um, find out how to walk in the life in the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and to grow in that grace and knowledge of God. Uh, sin has uh, damaged mankind from the beginning, and uh, since uh, sin came in the world, uh, Satan was active uh, about to steal and kill and destroy. And so we've had that uh, issue in our lives when we're born into sin. We come into this world without uh, the understanding of life and truth and wisdom. And we have to grow in that grace and knowledge uh, to walk out a life in the spirit. Uh, Jesus is referred to as the Messiah. He is the one who came to minister and uphold the word of God in all righteousness to bring the kingdom back for mankind to know and to be restored to right relationship and position with God. And it's through faith in him and through the grace that he has provided that by the, his righteous blood and the power of the resurrection life that he overcame sin and death for mankind. So understanding uh, how to move forward in life, we need to know uh, that we must come to a place of trusting him. Faith is merely trusting in the goodness of God and the purpose of God to bring us into his family and to the fellowship of his family through Jesus, his son, and to be uh, strengthened in this life to overcome the power of sin and darkness. Uh, we find that religion often will attempt to make us better, but in the end, it's we fall short when we come under the works of our self-righteousness to find a way and truth. And so we begin to be condemned. It says the works of sin or the works of the flesh are uh, subject to a payment of wages. And that wage is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, which is the Messiah, which is the anointed one who gave himself for us and overcame for us that we might have life and have it to the fullest. So that's a basis on which we have to come into a place of peace and forgiveness. Jesus came to preach the kingdom that is here and repentance and forgiveness is declared the gospel, the good news that we can be restored and have a relationship of life in the spirit, not only in the flesh. Um, I think sometimes it's good to refer back to the beginning when God created 
the world and mankind. He uh, created six days. He spoke the word of God. Uh, he spoke the word and creation each day came forth. But on the seventh day, he rested from his work. He said it was good. Uh, I believe God wants us to know the provision of his rest, which is referred to as the Sabbath. It's a provision to come into the goodness of God through the grace of God. And that the Sabbath is often taught as a a time to be restricted in what you do and what you say. But as Jesus came, he opened up a revelation that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So in that he said that I desire mercy and not sacrifice. So if we begin to understand it's through the mercy of God that we can have rest from our works and from uh, death that we can be free. So that's kind of the basis of where we start with a life of freedom. The covenant that Jesus cut for us was a covenant through his blood that would restore what had been stolen, and bring back a restoration to know God and to be in fellowship with him. And he sent then the Holy Spirit to come to empower us to walk that life out. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, we are told is liberty. We find freedom. So that's the good news of the gospel, just to begin there with that and hope that... uh, that encourages you the good news to know the mercy of God and the life that he desires for us. And he gives us the freedom then to accept that or to reject that. Um, I want to refer back to uh, Peter, the last chapter that I shared the verse with you. Uh, He says, you know, again, that we should grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If for, It's helped me a lot in my walk in understanding the Scripture to see when God brings an insider understanding that I can move back in the Word of God and begin to come into context better with what the Lord is saying. He's saying to uh, us in chapter 3, dear friends, this is his second letter, and I'm written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to hold some thinking. Once you recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through the apostles. First of all, you must understand in the last days there scoffers will come, scoffing, following their own evil desires. They will say, where is his coming? As he had promised, ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But he says they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. These waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. 
He says, I do not want you to forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some have understood slowness, but he is patient with you in wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Excuse me. So it's important we understand God's will for us and that there is a judgment, a judgment coming upon this earth. That the heavens will disappear and the elements will be destroyed by fire, but the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be? We ought to live holy and godly lives as we look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. In this uh, world we're in now, we find uh, much lawlessness and much upheaval. And discord and disdain for one another. James tells us that we bless God with our mouth and that we curse man with our mouth, that it should not be so, that there should not be both bitter and sweet water that flows from the same stream. So it's important that we understand God's desire and grace is to bless. He's the Father who blesses, and he calls us to be a blessing to him and to bless others and to reach out with the good news of deliverance, of healing, of restoration through relationship with Christ. And that relationship requires us to lay down our own will and ask him to restore us to his will, his good and perfect will, which is the will of righteousness. As we contrast righteousness and sinfulness, there is revelation that can help us to walk free. Sin and the power of sin comes through the law. In other words, that when we disobey, there is a price that's required for that sin to be paid. And the law works death in our life. So in the law, no matter how good the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the Jews would act, they always um, would come under judgment because of their sin, because of their stubbornness, because of their rebellion, or their inability to walk out the law in perfection. So God helps us in that understanding to see that there is a way of righteousness that is through grace, and it's by faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. So I want that revelation to understand is God's purpose is to bring us into his righteousness and restore us to fellowship with him.
that's my main point that I want to share at this point. Uh, Jameer, you have some comments or questions? You said that's the main point as far as bringing us back into righteousness yeah. and fellowship? Yes. And if you had questions or comments, we can look at this and I'll share some more. I guess the important thing is to understand that faith is a gift that God gives us. It's his grace that we can trust him again, that uh, sin brings darkness, the, uh, the spirit brings life, brings light, he brings light. Jesus told us that we cannot live, live by just bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we need uh, living word, the spirit-filled words to bring life, to bring uh, deliverance and strength into our life to walk uh, and overcome what uh, circumstances we find ourselves in and to bring others to the goodness of God, to forgiveness and mercy of God. Um, I, I do. I did have one, one thing. I was wondering if you can share with us a time you've seen the, uh, his rest, restoration, our father's restoration and a, a particular situation, um, the listeners um, can see what it looks like practically. Yeah. So uh, just like in um, an accident by repair, uh, we must come into a place where we're willing to be opened up. Uh, things have to be removed and exposed. So the damage, uh, what you're dealing with, uh, Problems. There may be anger. There may be uh, disappointment. There may be uh, resentment, or just unbelief. That you know, or just uh, a lack of knowledge, a lack of what's going on, how to deal with where you are. And so, as things are opened up, you begin to see, okay, here's where I can start. Here's a place that I can yield to. Jesus, I can yield and trust him and ask him to come into my life and see how I can be free from from that damage that's, you know, active in my life. It may be uh, that there's a, a lust or there's a, a, just a pridefulness that, you know, if you look down on everybody, you think uh, that you're better than everybody, then that puts you in a place where... Uh, you're coming under judgment. And so if we, as we look at our faults and allow God to help us, we realize that he wants to uh, remove those areas and give us uh, grace and wisdom to overcome and be free of that that control in our life. Uh, sin is uh, a slavery. It's a form of slavery. And when... God called the Jews, the Hebrews, out of uh, Egypt. They had been in slavery for 400 years. And the primary thing that he asked was to let his people go, that they could come worship, that they could come serve 
him. In other words, come into a place of freedom where they would have life and be free from the oppression of slavery. But, of course, there was a pharaoh who continued to resist, and God brought forth uh, plagues and judgment uh, each time. There were ten false gods that uh, ruled in Egypt, and God dealt with each of one of those with each of the plagues, the final one being at the Red Sea where the uh, god of Baal uh, was set up to require a sacrifice of sons and daughters, shedding of blood, and God brought the people through the Red Sea to make a way for them to escape, but brought the Egyptian um, warriors in behind, and they were destroyed as the sea closed in upon them, but the people were delivered. Uh, So God is bringing us through the process of, say, Peter tells us, uh, count it all joy when you face uh, trials and and, uh, tribulations of many kind, uh, that uh, your faith is being tested and it's much more precious than gold. So we do go through those uh, trials. It was a trial for the people. Uh, of the Hebrews to go through the Red Sea and to flee for their life. But uh, we'll find that freedom, God is there to bring us through and give us uh, a promise and uh, eternal life. The hope is that we are pressing heavenward for the home of righteousness, the kingdom of God, and that we'll be free from the powers of sin and darkness. Uh, prayer and uh, forgiveness are a key part in our walk that we uh, seek God. We ask for his insight and guidance. Uh, Jesus spoke to the disciples on the Mount of Olives before he went to the cross uh, to watch and pray that they not fall into temptation. Um, they... He said the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. They continued to fall asleep. And many times we in the church, uh, instead of praying and watching and seeking the Lord, we've uh, become uh, dull and sleepy and, and we miss God's goodness and purpose. But this is a time of awakening, a time of his restoration and We don't know the day of his return, but we know that it's much nearer and very much nearer than when Jesus rose from the grave. So we are called to watch and pray, to be diligent, to to seek, and to know God's will. He desires to speak to us and reveal himself to us and to give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Our spiritual being uh, has uh, eyesight, has ears, and has uh, touch and feeling and taste. And many times those have been dormant, so we're not aware of the spiritual and the supernatural that God desires. And so we have to pray for him to awaken us, to awaken us uh, to the spirit. It says in Ephesians, rise 
Ethel sleeper rise from the dead in Christ will shine on you. Find out, you know, what pleases the Lord to be being filled with his spirit, with the life of the spirit that we might prevail and come into a place of worship where we uh, are encouraging and worshiping the Lord and building each other up in the grace and the truth of Christ our Lord. So. Um, one, one question I had you, you had mentioned is as far as um, the the forgiveness. Now you're talking mm-hmm. about a forget, forgiveness of uh, things that we have done or asking uh, Christ for forgiveness, asking our neighbors for forgiveness, um, or anything in, in particular of those? Forgiveness you know, uh, begins with acknowledging that, that we have uh, dishonored God, that we have disobeyed him, and that we ask for his mercy to forgive, but then... Uh, it requires that uh, we are willing to forgive others as the Lord has forgiven us. And then it also calls us to a place where we're willing to forgive ourselves. Um, Jesus tells the parable of the servant that owed him a debt he could not pay. And so when the master of the Lord required the payment of the debt, he said to be patient with me and I'll pay it all back. But the Lord knew he wasn't able to pay it, so he canceled the debt. But he went out and found a fellow servant that owed him a small amount, a few hundred dollars, if you will. And that servant asked him to be patient with him and he'd pay it back. But he wasn't. He... uh, threw him in prison and demanded that he pay it back. And when the master's other servants heard this and shared it with the master, they uh, the master called him back in and uh, condemned him that he had been forgiven his whole debt, but yet he would not forgive the small amount that was owed him from his brother. And so that... Is an aspect of forgiveness must flow, and then there's a freedom when we forgive, are forgiven to forgive others, but also to forgive ourselves. And uh, yes. then we're able to have victory over those areas through the Spirit and through the love of Jesus. I, um, I, I had a, a personal situation um, about the, the forgiveness I had at. Uh, a cousin, a family member, he had uh I had let him use my car while I was going away at school, and it was, the car was broken down. But he told me that uh, if I give him some money, he would he would fix it. And then mm-hmm. if that I told him if if uh, he fixed it, then he could drive it around, you know, for those couple of months that I was out of town until I I got back to during the summer. So I sent him it was probably like over. A thousand dollars. He was doing different repairs. Like and it wasn't all that one time. He said, "Well, I need this for this, that, and for that." Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I had uh, got back in town, whatever I heard, the car was driving around. But when I got back in town, I guess for some reason the, the car 
was broke or whatever, but then I had ended up leaving trying to get the car was to start starting up again. So I figured like that he was trying to <laughs> to play play like some little game on me. But then I was um I was really having a problem with the the forgiveness of, of him. Mm-hmm. The family family but I then I feel like I was struggling because I feel like I forgive them but then when I seen them I was still kinda of upset. So I was like, Well did I ever was I really forgiving him or was I just saying it, going through the motions? Because I feel like if if he wanted to come over to the house, yes, yes, I would have I wouldn't mind. So it seemed, seemed like that was forgiveness. But then I feel like if I if uh well I, I probably wouldn't let him like fix my car again, you know, if I wasn't sure if I, if I um so I was like going back and forth some for some time with that one, as far as like oh man I I don't I don't want to not forgive him, but I feel like I'm saying I'm forgiving him, but yeah. So then I was, I was back. So what do you think about that one? <laughs> Peter was telling Jesus, you know, if I get, forgive my brother seven times, is that is that enough? And, and Peter said, Jesus says, well, maybe 70 times seven, you know, there's a complete forgiveness. And Peter asked, Lord, give us faith. <laughs> and uh, to forgive does require faith that we're willing to say and speak forgiveness over the circumstances and forgiveness over life. We won't feel that uh, necessarily that we have forgiven until we continue to walk out in faith where we start to release love and mercy for that person um, and that we will be willing to help them uh, change. Um, I've had situations where... this one just comes, kind of comes back to me. Uh, there was a, a young man that was asking for help uh, for medicine for his uh, for his daughter, and he had been referred over to me and see if I would help him. And I, as I just asked the Lord about it, uh, um, the Lord showed me that he was uh, lying to me that uh, wasn't really what was going on, but he said, uh, go ahead and ask him for his address, and then uh, uh, I want you to give him the money that he's asking for. And I said, uh, okay, and that seems kind of strange. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the guy lying and pulling a con, and God showed me, but he says, give him the money anyway. So I did that, and then later I drove to the address. Uh, he had me drive to the address, and there was no address on that street. It was just there was an empty area. There was no place there. Uh, but we'll find many times in the world because the nature is to sin, to uh, deceive, that that's what's going to happen. But if we have love and, you know, then he asked me to pray for the guy too. <laughs> and <laughs> anybody else, you know, uh, his family uh, with him to pray for them that they would come to a place of repentance and receive forgiveness. So it helps us if if when we uh, somebody has wronged us that we begin to pray for it to be blessed and not to curse them because, again, the Lord sure. says you know, blessing and cursing should not flow from the same stream. God calls us to be a blessing, and so it's important that uh, we are willing to bless others because we've been forgiven a debt that we could not pay. Yes, and uh, one other uh, th- other thing that you mentioned, also it was uh, you was talking about how God was protect protecting the uh, 
Israelites, the Hebrews, and and um, the, the, the different judgments and plagues. And one thing yeah. thought that crossed my mind was, as far as how how do you see that in relationship to what's going on now in our in our society? As far as um, America, we're supposed to be, be a believer in Christian nation, and there are many believers here. And though sometimes our government is not necessarily, but we have good people and evil people, both in our government. But I was wondering what you thought about that relationship. The end times, which I believe that's, you know, the time or the season that we're in is God's restoring a kingdom. But the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light both grow at the same time. So if if it's harvest time, if it's end time, we find that wickedness is being raised up, but we also find that uh, righteousness and truth are coming forth. So there's going to be a clash with the kingdoms of um, sin and of righteousness, of um, darkness and light. Uh, So we're called to, to shine, to be a light, you know, a house on a hill not to be covered and were to be salt. So we're called to affect uh, the darkness, to affect the, the lawlessness with uh, grace, seasoned with grace and with purity. So uh, light uh, cannot be contained by darkness. In other words, uh, when we allow the light to shine, it will show up sin. But if we don't have grace for the person and the bondage and the pain and the uh, you know the attack that they're in, there won't be a way for them to be set free. Jesus said, "The Spirit of the Lord is on me; He has anointed me to set the captives free, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to heal the brokenhearted, to give sight to the blind, and declare the, the time, the year of His favor." And then the vengeance, the day of vengeance of the Lord our God. You know, it's vengeance and judgment is the Lord's only. It's not ours. So we're called to uh, to bless and to show the goodness of God, the freedom and the joy of God to have life in him and be set from the bondage of sin. You know, sin is a bondage. It's the slavery of sin, you know, the yokes of sin, of addiction, of of hatred, of anger, will, uh, you know, destroy, will uh, tear apart. But if there's a grace of God there, there can be a freedom, a deliverance from that. And Jesus desires, he went about preaching the kingdom, doing good and healing. All were oppressed of the devil, you know, and that declaring the kingdom of God is here, that we're called to heal, to deliver, to restore, to make whole, to set captives free, and to restore in the name of Jesus. So if that heart, if that desire of love for others, you know, to love others as he has loved us, then there's a greater uh, flow to break off. There's a greater release of the spirit of truth and love to break captives free and to bring them into the love of Jesus. Yes, yes. That, I guess that's what it is. 
ultimately is about, you know, we have we have this clash of light and darkness and like you said, we're not supposed to be uh judging people and, and, and condemning them, you know, to eternal hell. Um, we, we, can, we are supposed again, to like warn, warn them, you know. We come against the power of sin and the deception of sin, so it will be bound and, and can be broken off of people, but we offer the freedom and the mercy of God to be set free. Uh, I've been, uh, well, last Sunday night, I, I ministered at a prison in St. Joe, uh, about 60 to 80 uh, inmates there, uh, have church service and fellowship time, but uh, just <laughs> the freedom of the spirit to... Uh, share the love and the hope of Jesus and then um, another friend and I were had time to just minister to individual people where they were at the, the cares and the weights and the, and the problems that they were facing uh, to pray with them and to receive hope from the Lord that they and the witness of the Holy Spirit for hope and to for faith to be strengthened for them to walk free in those areas. So it's I see uh, you know there's many out there that are imprisoned by sin, but they don't even seem to realize it. But uh, those that have spent some time in a jail, they begin to understand how. Terrible it is to be bound and, and to restricted to have no freedom. Yes, uh, uh, Dorothy, did 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 I hear you say something or try to click in or chime in? Um, can you hear me? I just unmuted myself. Yes. Okay. One thing, one point, the walk, our walk that I'd like to point out as far as forgiveness of ourselves and releasing ourselves with the help of others through, you know, forgiveness, is that when we are traumatized in our lives, no matter at what point, um, it distorts our vision of the world and ourselves and other people. And that's where a lot of your anger and hatred comes from, from people who have been traumatized. I, I believe addiction is rooted in that as well. And a lot of people don't realize when they come to the Lord that he is quite capable of healing those traumas and everything they yeah. You know, create in ourselves so that that's what sets us, um, us free is getting that trauma healed and all those emotions we just turn over to him and he he kisses it better. I don't know how else to phrase that, yeah. but basically he kisses it better and then we don't have those feelings anymore. So mm-hmm. we don't react poorly. We don't get into the addiction. We don't you know, get into the hatred of other people. And and it allows us to, to walk more freely in him in spirit and truth. So I that's, if that makes sense. Yeah, traumas uh, are an, an impression that attacks our soul. So it, it causes damage and 
much of the issue that people have in their lives is that they have have those ingrained as impressions in us that need relief, that need to be given the healing for the brokenhearted, need that healing mercy of Jesus, that love of Jesus. And, and so often the world and even religion will condemn a person for their actions that, you know, they're being upset with with what has happened and, and you know, reacting in ways that are, are you know, destructive. Uh, but through grace and love and patience, the person can easily walk free from that. Um, we worked in, with uh, foster care for about seven years. <laughs> uh, Lord... Uh, Oh, wow. to speak to us when we were 62, my wife and I, uh, about um, the need to help with foster care. And uh, we saw the ads on TV, you know, how this person is looking for a home, a foster care, foster parent. And I asked my wife about that, and what she thought. And she said, yeah, I've seen those. I quit watching them. It's <laughs> hard. You know, it's mm-hmm. like... God calls us to be stressed, and so through a process of uh, over a year, we finally uh, yielded to a place, okay, Lord, we'll try it. And uh, so at 62, um, we became foster parents for about seven years, and uh, we have a, a foster daughter here in this region who's 20, and uh, uh, she came to us as a teenager when she was 13, and and, uh, you know, many traumas, many hurts, many uh, disappointments, having been in foster care most of her life. And it was only by the love and the patience and the grace of Jesus. You know, they they will attack you. They will curse you. They will run from you. They will <laughs> steal from you. They'll do everything. But the love of Jesus breaks through with it. They know they want to be free, and I, I praise God for that. Uh, and there's a great need with uh, many of the children throughout our country that have been abandoned by parents or abused or, or uh, by uh, others, friends or family. And uh, there's a real need there to uh, be willing to to just care about somebody and God to uh, encourages in an area it may be hard to do it but he'll help you to to walk through it so yeah the rewards of doing something like that are amazing i i've been a shirt tail mother to to many and uh in this area they're doing foster grandparenting now which i always thought was an excellent idea it's it's good. Uh, it's kind of hard uh, with teenagers, but that's where a lot of the need is. There's uh, many uh, that are, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, that have just been rejected and not taken in to a more permanent home or setting or an adoption. So they uh, are really uh, hurting and, and uh, hurt people. <laughs> hurt others they they do they strike back yes, but they love do. Will, break, 
love will break through and they do find uh, when they find that you won't reject them that you still love them they ask for forgiveness and with God's help they overcome so that's a a big part of that uh, forgiveness having a love for another to meet them where they're at and help them uh, walk through that healing process to come into a relationship and freedom from a trauma and and into the life, abundant life with Jesus. Yes, it's very hard, but it's very satisfying as well. Amen. Amen. Especially when they come back and they say, Mom, I'm so glad I listened to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's the time they turn 20 or 21 or 22, they finally begin to understand there was some wisdom and some uh, insight in what was being shared with them. But, uh, glimpses of that happened before, but it takes a little time for that to happen. Um, I might share at this point from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, there's uh, in, uh, let's see, chapter 24, and this has uh, really helped me and understand God's heart is for us to know uh, his heart for us. It says that the day that two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking with each other about everything that happened they talked and discussed these things with each other, and Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, uh, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only a visitor in Jerusalem that does not know the things that have happened uh, there in these uh, days, and what things he asked, and, and about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see. And he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scripture concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. I think that's an important understanding that as we encounter Jesus, even though we may not recognize uh, what is going on and that he's revealing himself to us, but we encourage him to stay with us when he's speaking to us. 
And then uh, as he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And burning hearts, I believe, is what God wants to bring into our lives, hearts burning with the love of of Messiah, of the Christ, that he gave his life for us. And he wants to open up the scriptures to us and to, to expand our understanding and revelation of the glories of God and the kingdom of God. And if we will break bread, if we will take time in the word of God, we will find him, we will meet him there. And if we ask him, Lord, what, what are you... What is your word saying here? What are you desiring me to know? He will begin to open up the word to you, and it will become alive and full of truth and full of wisdom and full of love and peace. And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, those with them, assembling together and saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And the bread, of course, represents his body that's been crushed for us. And he said, when we take the communion, the bread and the wine to do it in remembrance of him and that until he returns. But while they were still talking about this, then Jesus stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your mind? You know, that's a a question that sometimes we need to allow the Lord to help us with. Why am I troubled? And why are questions arising in my mind? But he asked him to look at his hands and feet. Is I myself touch me and see. The ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of boiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. And he told them, this is what is written, that Christ will suffer, rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, which is the Holy Spirit. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And when he had led them out, to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken into the heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually in the temple praising God. 
Jesus departed was one of reassuring and awakening uh, his disciples. He opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. And that's his desire for us as believers to have our minds open to bring forth revelation and understanding. Revelation is the light coming into the darkness where there's... um, something that's been hidden, the mystery of the kingdom and the goodness of God and the purpose of God to open up the understanding so that we can walk in the freedom of that revelation and know that Jesus is your salvation and your reward and that he will come and empower you with the Holy Spirit as you ask to be filled and to receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit who's poured into our hearts and who empowers us to walk in His purpose in spirit and truth. And so I uh, pray that uh, God will quicken and any that are hearing, it's just anyone, whosoever calls on my name, you know, you'll be saved. It's when not, God is not limiting the call, his call is for anyone or whosoever will respond to him. It's a turning of that we have a choice to make when we hear the Lord crying out to us to come to me, receive me, be strengthened in me, live in me, walk with me. And so the walk of the life of Christ in the spirit is one that gives us victory. It is one that we lay down our purpose and our control and we look to Jesus. We follow him with a pure heart, with trust, with trusting that we can trust him to lead us in right paths with his name and that he will uphold us with his righteous hand and he will give us victory and from victory to victory in him we will overcome and be made whole in Jesus and in his name we will trust and obey. Wow. Um that I guess the whole point point of it is um is what I get is uh our heart, you know, it's all our heart issue. Are we gonna yes. yield our heart and, and allow him to move within us? And if we do that I mean and that, that fire starts burning within us and and within our hearts he's gonna allow it's gonna bless us, but it's also gonna Bless those who are around us, those who are connected with us, whether it's like someone that we adopted um, with, with papers or without mm-hmm. papers, or it could be a neighbor or um, just anyone, you know, a coworker. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just yeah. so so powerful. Go, go ahead, Dorothy. Um, I was just thinking how how there that. Uh, to address the trauma situation, I don't know why I'm on that today, um, but traumatized people have a very hard time trusting, and that transfers to when they become a Christian. So learning to trust, it's like when you get into relationship and you lean on a person, in this case, father, um, mm-hmm. as time goes by in the relationship you learn to trust more because they are you know 
yes, as they are trustworthy, right. you know, and Father is trustworthy. And, and we need to learn that and understand that. And then when we get to that point where we just automatically trust him and we take him at his word, yes, it's going to be awesome, you know. It, it really is. So... And I think it's just understanding there's a process, especially if there's been trauma, to be able to grow in that trust. And if we'll have love and be faithful to those that God has brought into our life to to care for them and and to desire uh, restoration and healing for them, then they'll be able to receive so much easier if if they know we're not there uh, to put them down, but to uh, listen and also um, through that process of listening and have compassion and hear the heart of the Father that we can share with them the love and the, the joy that he has to restore them. Uh, you know, the prodigal son uh, found himself, uh, you know, in a famine in a place where he's feeding with the pigs and realizes that, you know, you know, my father's house, the hired hands, uh, you know, are much better off if I just go back. And, and a lot of times I think uh, traumas in the church have caused uh, a lot of people to stray and go out into the world, and they they become uh, traumatized and hurt and damaged, and, and God is awaking their minds to return uh, to him and to the life, and that we as... Uh, God's children must have a heart for those that he's drawing back. Uh, The uh, elder brother was uh, not very receptive to a celebration that the father was having that his son was lost and had been found. And it's really important that we celebrate when um, those who are been beat up and traumatized by the world, that we celebrate their a return and and we bless them and we encourage them and we pray for them and we bless and, and just comfort them with the comfort we've been comforted in our lives. Absolutely, I think you know Father loves us anyway, and we need to learn yeah. to love that way. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Jesus, not, not, actually, you know, gave his life for the whole world, and it's, 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 there's a sin that has been paid for all mankind, but it's the unbelief, it's the rejection that uh, hinders a person from receiving that uh, forgiveness. It's, you know, the unwillingness to trust or the unwillingness to accept God's forgiveness and, and God's crying out for our wills to to hear and to turn to him that he is loving God. He's his loving kindness, it's his mercy that brings us to repentance. It's and he's not he's already put the judgment of his sin on Jesus. His son and Jesus overcame it for us and if we'll trust him, receive him, we can come into the life of the love and the truth and the freedom of God to have righteousness and be set free from the power of of darkness and sin and and lawlessness 
in the name of Jesus. Pray, Father, for an awakening to your love and to your mercy, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. But um, I guess we're going to close out with that one. Um, okay, brother. That was a powerful prayer. I, I thank you um, for calling in this evening. I, I thank everyone for uh, listening. Um, uh, 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 brother, can you tell me the, the, the topic of it, the topic of tonight's one? Uh, subject again growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus our Savior alright and um, if if someone wants to, to, to uh, contact you for um, any other teachings or outreach we have a, contact I just opened up a website uh, Holy Fire Ministries all capital at gmail.com and I try to respond if you message me. Holy Ministries, all capitals, at gmail.com. All right, okay. Um, we'll put that in there. We'll, we'll, I think Dorothy should put it in the, uh, it might already actually be in there in the description. Um, well, thank, thank you. Uh, thank you both um, for calling in and uh, Dorothy do you have anything you want to say before we sign off or? no I have nothing further I th- that was a okay. powerful word Roy uh, I really appreciate it I praise the Lord and, uh, may the Lord uh, goodness and uh, grace be upon both of you and uh, joy of the Lord be full in Jesus name Amen. Well, well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And um, whether you're listening to it now or listening to it later or 10 years from now. Um, yes. Yeah, well, everyone have a blessed, blessed evening. Father bless everyone. Good night. <laughs>